Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Here on the podcast, we share our stories of how Jesus has brought us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters. With God, even the brokenness has incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friend, so glad you're joining us for season four of Living in the Light. We're calling this season Hope in the Light as we lean into the good news of the hope we have as we live out our lives as followers of Jesus. The world is longing to know where we find and experience hope. And I believe, and the guests joining me this season believe, that the light of Jesus is our deep satisfaction and the source of true hope in life. Today on the podcast, I sit down with a friend of mine who has been a cherished spiritual mother and mentor in this season, and her name is Judy Mills. Judy and I met at Church of the City, New York. As you've noticed, there are many wonderful women of God I have met and grown alongside through Church of the City. Judy has and continues to teach me so much about following Jesus and living out a life saturated in the presence of God in the middle of New York City. She's a woman of prayer, a wise voice of counsel, and an incredible teacher of the Bible. She's a deep well of knowledge and understanding of scripture, and her life just radiates the love of Jesus. My boyfriend Matt and I recently have been talking about how to know Judy is to love her, and how every person we know who knows Judy Mills just adores being with her and hearing her teach. We both have been so encouraged by observing how she just loves God and loves others sacrificially, genuinely, and abundantly. Judy and I recorded today's episode back in May, and at the time, I was pretty sick with a bad cold that ended up causing me to lose my voice. Today's audio and my vocal phonating isn't the best, so thanks for bearing with us through the obstacle. I know you will still love and be encouraged by today's episode. I'm going to start us off by reading today's anchor scripture from the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-9 through 9 in the ESV. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of your wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external the braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. This is the word of the Lord. Now here's my conversation with Judy Mills. Okay. Well, Judy, I'm so glad that you're on the podcast today. I'm glad you're in my space. Mm -hmm. I just love you so much and and thankful that you're going to speak into this. I'm thankful that you're here to share your story. I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we need a proper introduction for the listeners. Who are you? Um, what do you do? What brought you to New York? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, goodness. Okay. I am, um, my name is Judy Mills. I am a follower of Jesus in New York City. Yes, you are. But only been in New York City for five years at this point. Um, I am married to my husband, Nelson. We we are Southerners, very much like you, um, yes. for our whole lives up until five years ago. We spent our first married years in Nashville and Atlanta for 21 years. And 
five years ago, God just began moving, and it just became really clear that his work was best done in New York, and I think the work that he had for us to do for the kingdom was now going to be moving to New York. So we were at a great stage of life. We have three adult children. All are grown. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We have... It is a feat. It really is a feat. Yeah, they're all out of the house. They're all actually now married. Only one was married when we moved here, but now they're all married. We have three granddaughters with one granddaughter on the way. Um, And that's been a really special stage of life. So many girls. So many girls. We do girls really well. Um, My son, in fact, is the only boy on my husband's side with that generation. I think he's like the he was the first, and there's there was I'm gonna guess, but I have I have count, but around 12 girls that followed. So we do girls really well. We love girls, and I'm sure we would love a boy just as much as we had one. But right now we are getting ready to have our fourth granddaughter, and it's very special. That is special. It is. Well, I really enjoyed getting to know you through Church of the City, and just um, you've been a spiritual mother to me here and in New York City, and taught me so much about following Jesus, so I'm glad God has led us both, Yes, um, that our paths have crossed. Yes. So I want to ask, um, what season of life do you currently find yourself in, and, and how has the Lord been maybe revealing himself to you there? That's such a great question. I mean, at the point we're recording, we're all coming out of COVID. Yeah. And COVID for me was a real season of surrender. So I would say the Lord has had me in a season of surrender, a season of surrendering to what he says is best versus what I was determining in my mind was best. And in all, in all vulnerability, I actually thought during COVID it was time for us to move back to Atlanta. And in some ways I thought God was leading that way. And yet over time he was really clear that no, he has us in New York. For a season longer, we, we're getting ready to sign another two-year lease, so we are here yeah. for a while, maybe a whole lot longer than just two years, but it's been a season of laying down what I thought was best in order to receive, and I, and I don't use that word lightly, to receive what what he has for us. And that's brought peace. It has brought peace. It has brought peace, and it's... It's just this new awareness of some of the promises he makes us in Scripture that he, no good thing does God withhold from those who walk uprightly. Um, There was a lot of angst during COVID, and I think a lot of people experienced that. Yeah. Um, I probably experienced anxiety more in COVID than I ever had, and I, I think a lot of people did as well. But it's also just realizing that as we surrender, which is a form of trust, that he will keep us in perfect peace as we keep our minds stayed on him because we trust in him. So it's been an interesting season. And I I can say it's coming, it's been about, I'd say this has been about a two, two and a half year journey because it started a little before COVID, but just coming out, realizing um, there is great peace and surrender and there is great blessing and surrender yeah that doesn't i don't get there overnight but it there is blessing and surrender there is that ministers to me um just thinking about how you know the verse that came to my mind just now was the your man plans his steps but the lord establishes his ways yes and just thinking of how when we trust in him you know, we make a plan, but we hold it. We hold our hands open yes. um, to where the, yes. the Lord is going to take us. And so you true. want you you do you do know at some point, like you're able to look back now and see. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. As I was trusting in Him, He was working these things together, and and He had good for me. So I know That's that so encourage, encourages me, and it encourages I'm sure a lot of people listening. Um, so. In First Peter chapter three, uh, in verse eight, it says, "All of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind." Uh, 
what's one way, Judy, recently in your walk with Jesus that you have experienced freedom and life as he is forming these things in, in you? You know, I think he's always forming yes. us in yes. our minds and our hearts and our love for others and, and humility. Is, is there one way in which like he's been giving you freedom and life? That Those are the two words that come to my mind. Well, and I can even tie it back to what I just said. The freedom in in not my will but yours yeah. and just re- there is freedom in that and that is humility that's a humble mind I was about to say that is that's humility yeah. um, and I will say it's God worked as I asked for it he worked the humility in me he yeah. worked the humility to kind of release my fingers and say not my will but yours yeah. um, and then I was able to receive the blessing of that of of, of, there's just such blessing in humility yeah. because I'm not driving from my own way. I'm not fighting against God. I'm not fighting against, I mean, even in this situation, because my husband did not feel that we were supposed to move. I'm not fighting against my husband. I'm not fighting for my will. I am trusting God to work out his best. Yeah. Um, and even in receiving his best, then I feel the love. Yeah. I feel the love. Um, I can tell you also that I was able during this season to walk that out in community a little bit. Because I think that verse is talking about, you know, with each other to love one another, be, you know, um, the the Bible in front of me is the NIV and it just says sympathetic, loving, compassionate, Mm -hmm. and humble. And I had two friends, Myra and Susan, who I was walking through this pretty closely with. And... I, I just, I felt their prayers, I felt their listening ear, as they loved me and even humbled themselves to spend time thinking and talking about me. Um, and also them even seeing where I possibly was going, was being a little bullheaded or being a little stubborn and just loving me as I surrendered to Jesus. It was really, it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful to experience being loved unconditionally, having people have patience with me as they watched God work this out in me. Yeah. It's just, it's, I feel like what I'm hearing is like, it's not a solo endeavor. Like, when we face Thank these. goodness. Yeah. We need the help. We need so much help from we do. the Lord and through community to be yes. able to um, walk through seasons where, um, we feel the tension, I guess. Like the tension is is acknowledgement of, oh, I am human, like I am flesh. I need supernatural, like I need the spirit to to help me surrender. And we can't do it in our own strength. Um, we can never. We can never do it in our own strength. No. Wow. And yet, to have people walking alongside and praying for you, yeah. and yeah, and really just loving you by listening and being patient. For sure. And, and even receiving, one of them received a pretty powerful word from me from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet she held on to it until God released her to share it with me. So that was pretty powerful too. Wow. Walking in the spirit. Be, walking in the yeah, spirit. For sure. I think that's a really good segue into our conversation today because uh, I just want to spend some time talking about relationships. Right. And you know, like you said, those relationships, those friendships, they strengthen you in that. And, uh, really, one of the greatest gifts God has given us is relationship. And first and foremost, relationship with Him. Right. And then this calling that we've been given into a life of relationships with other people. And that's hard and that's oftentimes messy. And it's like we're going to lean into it's sacrificial and it's um, definitely um, spiritual. Yes. And I just want to ask, in your own journey following God, how has relationship with Him, like your own personal, just walking with Jesus, um, and the way that He has loved you, how has that defined what it means for you to love others in relationship? That's such a great question. I would love to share just for a minute. She has a big smile. (laughs) I wish that could be recorded on the podcast. This is probably, I could probably take you back 27 years ago. I was, I grew up in a Christian home. I 
technically accepted Jesus as my savior at age six. Uh, we were at a revival when I was 13. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, but it was in my early 30s. Young mom, three kids, um, that God really met me in an intimate way. I always wanted to know God. It was, he was always part of my world. I don't really, I don't remember a day without acknowledging that God is God and Jesus is my savior. That was just a part of my life. But in my early thirties, I had what I would call a crisis of faith where I would see people who had this intimate relationship with God. And they would say phrases like, well, God told me, or I heard God say, and I started feeling really I think I felt like a second-rate Christian because I didn't experience God that way. To me, it was a little more of a, it was, it was faith, it was, it was the Bible, it was you do what is right, it was, if anyone remembers the WWJD, what would Jesus do? It was the what would Jesus do, and it was I'm a, I'm a wolf follower. There was a lot of morality in it. Um, but I really felt like there was a special Christian that Jesus enjoyed things with that he didn't seem to want with me. And it really, it brought what I would call a crisis of faith. Like, not that I didn't believe in God. I thought I'll go to heaven one day, but in a way that feels a bit comical to me now, I told God, I'm tired of trying. I'll see you in heaven. We'll take our kids to church because you might want something, this intimate relationship with them, but I just don't think you want it with me. And what followed was, I believe that was December, and what followed in January was one year, and I believe I'm accurate in this, where God woke me up at 3 a.m. every morning. This was pre-cell phones. This was radio alarm clock with the digital screen three colon zero zero um, every morning invite and I, there was just a sense come sit with me it wasn't an audible voice it wasn't I didn't even at the time recognize it as his voice I just wanted for the first time ever to spend time with God in his word with a blank journal opened where he just opened the scriptures to me um, in fact, I was, we were recently studying at church that the two on the road to Emmaus, I think it was, and as Jesus opened the scripture, it just burned in their hearts. And it was that season where, I mean, in summary, where God showed me, no, I want this relationship with you. And he wants it with everyone. It's such a lie of the enemy that that they are special Christians or that God doesn't want a one-on-one -on -one intimate relationship with me. So I would say my, my real following Jesus started with a season where my intimacy with him exploded. Um, it was, now at that point it was almost very, it was very personal and almost felt too precious to talk about too much. But it was real and it was, it was incredible. Um, and yet it was out of that, it was out of knowing his love and experience his love. You know, Ephesians 3 talks about there's a love that goes beyond knowledge. It's beyond what I had done before. So God so loved the world, but it was an experience of that love that then enables, enabled me to start really loving people. To not looking at people for what can you do for me? To start not to start to stop looking at people for is this fair? Are you giving fifty and am I giving fifty? What's fair in this relationships? Now, it wasn't an immediate switch. I mean, it's I'm still on that journey. It's very I can fall into being as selfish as anyone, but it was out of that that in that time and and it continued. It's my time with him daily is the most precious thing in the world to me. And even in other crises of faith, that in other ways, usually where God's inviting me to surrender more, um, the one thing I can't imagine, Marley, is, is to wake up and not be with God in the morning, to not spend that time with Him. It makes me think of the psalm. Um, is it 139? It says, I 
I waken and I'm still with you. Oh. Well, I hope I quoted that right, but it, we've been studying through the Psalms and oh, that really that. comforted me. Of, wow, he really is like, I go to sleep, he's with me. Yes. I wake up, he's with me. Yes. I'm in the hardest part of, I see some fight, he's with me. Yes. I'm on the mountaintop, he's there. It's, That's, it's it just is, but it's out. And I think it's First John four nineteen where he says, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. And so that's what I think that's where it's it's being loved by him. Yeah. That because I don't want to love people in my own strength. Yeah. It, I am so fallible. I am so shallow apart from him. I am going to love you with motives that are really selfish. And I'm not professing any kind of perfect love, yeah. even still in this body, in this life. But as I receive the love of God, I can. I can now, I am, I am better able that he can flow. I'm not even sure how much of it's me. He can flow the love of God out of me yeah. in the unique ways that he's designed me. Yeah. I even think something that is coming to my mind as you're talking about that is God loving us in our inconsistency, in our, <laughs> in our you know, sinful nature and desire to walk away from him, to throw our hands up, you know, yes. to you know, doubt if he's even there, that like his consistency, his um, you know, constant pursual, even when we are, you know, not perfectly loving, he's perfectly loving and bound to us and then, you know, we're fickle. All that say, you know, how does that cast vision for how God invites us to love other people like that's we the way we have personally received and been loved is not when the other person is doing all the right things no. and giving us everything that you know I mean that's that is the vision you know that is the way of humility that when um, we feel like someone else doesn't deserve it or we the fact is that's the gospel that has we didn't deserve it, but yet, like, he pursued us in love. And, um, you and I have been talking about this passage in First Peter where Peter's writing about mutual submission in relationships. And I just want to spend some time talking about what this means, um, what this looks like in relationships, and, awesome. and even why God has called us into this way of living. Um, it It's so... Let's break down this a little bit. Um, why, first, why do you think this is often kind of a challenging passage? And how does Jesus' life um, help us understand it? That is such good questions. And Laura only knows this, but when you first sent me the passage, I'm like, oh goodness, of all passages yeah, in yeah. the 66 books of the Bible, this is why the one she sent. But, but actually, I love that it's the one you. I think sent. you should preface with you've been married thirty. I've been years. married thirty-eight years, and yes, you, um, you have you have walked this out yeah. and, and learned a few things. So I'm I'm thankful that you're speaking into it. And it's and I've been raised through a generation, and I was raised by a generation of parents who probably did not understand this passage, yeah, perfectly clearly. And that's not necessarily to criticize. It's just to say. Scripture's not all we, we, we really have, we let the Holy Spirit work through us and when we come to Scripture. But the more and more I look at this passage, I think it is actually one of the most exciting passages in Scripture, which you wouldn't think when you're reading things like wives in the same way, submit yourself to your own husband. Um, but what overall I see in this passage that I, I really believe God was speaking through Peter um, is the call to the people of God to be a people who live so radically different that the world wants to know what they have. Yeah. A way so radically different that the gospel is made attractive. Um, you know, Peter and so many of the New Testament writers were writing to churches you know, we know that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. They are writing to churches who are trying to live the way of Jesus. Yeah. But this is first century. 
and the way of Jesus was very, very new. Yeah. Um, and they started, we know even from the book of Acts, it's a very small band of people. And even think about this, Peter was a fisherman. Peter was not educated in the way of Judaism. Peter was, he was more of a, he was just a common, more of a common worker. And, and yet, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is leading bands of people in other regions to follow this new radical way of living, of living in community and living with a love that is so supernatural for one another. And so we get to this text and we just see this beautiful mutual submission yeah. and the power of, of a woman to make the gospel attractive to her husband and a, or to anyone. And then the way of a man, because he's speaking specifically in these first few verses, the husband and wives, and the way of a man to make the gospel attractive and powerful in the in the life of his wife and therefore, and also both of them in their family. Yeah. Would you read those first eight verses oh, of chapter three? I would love because to. If, if someone listening has never, you know, yeah. heard, heard these words. Love to. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah who, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat, treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Mm. So good. Well, so mutual submission as a call, you mentioned this too, the gospel lived out in radical love through the way of humility. I love that as a, just a de defining mm -hmm. you know, what, what that means is humility. Uh, I know Philippians chapter 2 is... Is a, is a passage that really frames the life of Jesus and the way he lived and died and, and gave everything for a people in yes. humility as an ultimate radical act of love. And yes. I think that is how we understand what Peter is explaining here and even probably Peter's why behind walking through all of these examples of submission is that like this church needed needed to understand how this is practically lived out and that's important that's that we take that vision and then and then live it out in our relationship. So um, yeah if if you want to if to read some of Philippians two or just asking you the question, how does Jesus' life help us understand this? If you look at Jesus, um, and even Philippians 2 says this, who in very nature God, Jesus was fully God and fully man. Yeah. He was God. And yet, we see in Philippians 2, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. But rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
So, you know, so much of scripture, especially the book of Hebrews, points us to the fact that Jesus suffered in every way we did. Jesus fully related to us as human beings. He humbled himself even to leave heaven. I mean, you could spend days thinking about when he left to where he came. Um, the glory of what it was to yeah. what he had to endure and the persecution and the hatred and even just the life of being, um, well, scripture said he had nowhere to lay his head. I mean, even the life he lived on earth, he humbled himself every single day. Yet he also humbled himself to the Father because Jesus said, I think it's in the book of John, that I don't do anything that I don't hear or see the Father do it. And so Jesus' whole life on earth was about was, was humility. He, he being in very nature God didn't see that being in very nature God was something he should, and I love the way this, this passage put it, used to his own advantage. And I think that's super key, even as we look at First Peter. I, you know, and I think actually, and this is just coming to my mind, so let me play this out with you if I can. Part of what Peter was saying to women, you now have this new freedom in Christ. Women in the first century had, I, I, I think I'm accurate in saying, zero standing. Yeah. Um, they had zero rights. I once even heard a preacher talk about how the woman at the well, and Jesus is telling her you've had, I think it's six husbands, or maybe five, and this, one you, this man you are living with now is not your own. Actually, she, all of those husbands before, they divorced her. As a woman, she had no right to do anything about it. And so that you've got this, you've got Jesus coming on the scene, and he is elevating women to a place that women have never been. Um, but yet Peter is coming and saying, okay, you've got this new freedom in Christ. You've got this new co-image bearer position in Christ. And yeah, he's saying, but don't use that, like Jesus, don't use that to your own advantage. Don't use it to get, to fight for your rights. Actually, use it to make the gospel winsome. And, and in um, 1 Peter 3, he's talking about to your, to specifically even to your unbelieving husbands. Yeah. Humble yourself like Jesus to make the gospel winsome. You know, Paul talked a lot about, um, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, it's, I become all things to all people. To the Jews, I can live like a Jew. And that would mean when he would be eating with a Jewish family, he would not eat certain meats because they wouldn't be eating meats that had come anywhere near a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But to a Gentile, he, he could. Mm -hmm. And he just, because he was freed from the legalistic requirements of the law, but he was free to love himself to love Barley, yes, thank to you. To love freely. To love freely. Because of the freedom in Christ. Yes. Okay, you put that so well. Yes, he was free to, to love, love freely. freely. Yeah. And back to, you know, we I mentioned that there are challenges around understanding this, and you had even said this to me that it we are, our flesh wants to think about power and our own, like just exertion of that power and, and the gospel inviting us into, you know, radical love through the way of humility is opposite of that. Yeah. And that even the, the way the world preaches freedom being, the gospel being upside down from this freedom that it is a laying down, but it's not so that we may lose anything. We actually gain everything. And it's supernatural because it only in the supernatural does that happen. Mm -hmm. For sure. I love that. Well, I would love to talk about this mutual submission as it relates to like our actual relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I know where I'm coming from. I know where you're coming from. I don't know where every listener is coming from. Um, this applies to all people in all circumstances yes. and it's it's all encompassing and I think we even see that in first Peter in the way that um, he really does speak to to so many different people mm -hmm. members of society like he covers the whole range really does and 
of that specific. So how do we do this relationship? Um, speaking to that a little bit. Gosh, how do we do this in relationship? That's a big question. Um, it's a beautiful question because this is where scripture is so applicable to our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing you just referenced it, Marley, is that we can look at First Peter three and we can look at it from a power dynamic. Who has power over who? Yeah. And that is and like the fifty fifty thing. The fifty fifty thing. Okay, well, I'm getting fifty. They have to get like just that putting the expectation on other people to exactly come to come there. Right. right. What's fair to deserve it? Yes, yes, and and yet the gospel turns all of that upside down. It's 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 giving a hundred percent. It's loving. You said it. It's loving freely. We've been freed to love freely because I um, I'm not trying to. I think the phrase is get my own. It's I have a God, I have the God of the universe who is supplying all my needs, according to Philippians 4.19, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Yeah. You know, Paul is saying, and he's talking about money in that context, but it goes so much beyond that as well. Yeah. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's where we get it wrong. That's where, yeah. So I'm, I'm not look. you know, I can give freely because I have a God who has sacrificed everything. Yeah. The life of his son, Jesus humbled himself to the point of death to give me the life of the spirit in me, supplying all my needs. I, I am in Christ. Christ is in me. Jesus said the fullness of the Trinity lives in him, and I now live in you. It is Christ in us, the hope of the glory of God, which I take that to mean it is Christ, because Christ is in me and Christ is in you. It is our hope that the glory of God can shine out of us. It's not, it's not me. Um, but I can enter relationships humbling myself to another to freely love. Um, that's to take away from this podcast. Um, so how do I do that in my friendships with my girlfriends? Um, you know, I think it's, Okay, well, let me back up because I'm going to go back to Philippians 2. It's a mindset. That's the one thing when I think about any relationship that we're getting ready to talk That's about. Good. It's my mindset. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. Like we, we, get, we still have a lot of choices because we're made in, God's image, made in God's image. We have free will. We have choice. And But may I read a little bit from the first part of Philippians 2? Because I think it talks so much about mindset in two different ways. Hey friend, Laura Lee here. I'm excited to share with you that I have written our very first Rise Collective Bible Study that we officially launched last week. Join us for Hope and Holiness, a study through the book of 1 Peter. There are online discipleship groups happening in Rise Collective Women Online, as well as discipleship groups to participate in our community here in New York City. These groups are currently closed as we had our kickoff and intro week last week, but we still want to encourage you to join us to walk through this book of the Bible. And we don't want you to do this study alone. So grab a friend, a cup of coffee and your Bible and go through the book of 1 Peter with us this summer. It's a six-week study, one intro week, and five weeks that walk you daily through the five chapters of 1 Peter. You can begin this whenever, with whoever, in your places. Hope and Holiness is free. Yes, free. You can download this week's daily study in the show description. Did you know that Rise Collective has an online community? Rise Collective Women Online is our ministry's online home where we can connect with other women around the world who are pursuing faith in Jesus. These women truly love each other and are daily sharing scripture and encouragement surrounding their lives and experiences from all different places and spaces around the world. When you join Rise Collective Women Online, you get a free subscription to Right Now Media, the world's largest video library of Bible study content. You don't have to do this life alone. There's a link in the show description to find out more about how you can join Rise Collective Women online. Now back to my conversation with Judy. So Philippians 2, if we go back to the verses before what we read earlier about, about Jesus, you know, 
humbling himself. You've got Paul writing to the church at Philippi saying, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, which is what, that's in Christ, that's what we just talked about, and if any comfort from his love, and that's what we were talking about earlier, we love because he's first loved us. So if you've got any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from being, any comfort from his love, if any, okay, now look at this, common sharing in the spirit. I mean, Lorley, in, in this tiny part, that's what you and I are doing today. The spirit is in you. The spirit is in me, and we're, we're sharing. And yet, it's that I'm able to be loved by you because the spirit in you is, is, is loving through you to me, and you hopefully can be loved by me because the spirit in me is loving you. Um, not to take a tangent, but I have, through the decades, I have had Christian friends and, and women who didn't know Jesus that I was also in a good friendship with. Um, and yet, there was something really unique about those Christian friendships that those other friendships did not share. Because the Spirit was in them and the, and the Spirit was in me. And there was this common sharing in the Spirit. If you have any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. And here's the word I was getting to, by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. So he's calling this the relationship. It's, it's what I shared earlier. As, as I am in intimacy with Christ and he is loving me, then I am being filled to the measure of the fullness of God and able to love others. So it's out of that that I'm being encouraged and comforted, but out of it also as I'm sharing it with you and I'm receiving what the Spirit is doing in you. So Paul is saying, let's be like-minded. We have the same love. We are one in Spirit. We can be of one mind. And here's what he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, that's our word again, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And he goes on to say, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. So Paul is just, and then we talked about what the, the, the mindset of humility. So as you and I come, and as every woman listening, as, as you, woman listening, come to your friendships, I think we, we just set our mind. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Myra and Susan that I um, am in relationship with, and it's they do it for me i can tell because of how i get to receive from them and it's it's just coming to our times together with this mindset of, of what does she need today of lord what's going on in her it's just that walking even into the room shift it's a shift instead of and this is even in a worldly sense walking into a room saying not i'm here Walking into the room saying, Lord, who's here and what are you doing? Yeah. Who are you working in? How can I encourage? Um, and yet I also receive that. It's not some, you know, self-sacrificing, my needs are never met. It's not, that's not the way it works in the kingdom. God is always meeting my needs. Sometimes he does it specifically and sometimes he does it through others. Yeah. He's always meeting my needs, but it's being able to enter into those friendships with others yeah. that I can look not only to my own interests, but also to their interests. Yeah. And so it's it's a mindset. Yeah. I love that all the things that you just listed are are literally the list we find here in First Peter verse eight where it says, have unity of mind sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, uh, and a humble mind. Mm -hmm. uh, the way we think about relationships is, you know, our thoughts, our thoughts determine our actions. So when we are able to let the spirit form in us, how we're thinking about others and um, 
I think of the word abide. Like really, mm. that's that is like abiding when we're able to just let the Spirit be what's guiding our thoughts and our heart. We're receiving the love He has for us, and like from that place, it's the overflow of like think of the verse that like from us will flow the rivers of living water. That He is that water that is just churning in us the ability to to live this out in in friendships, like you said, in dating relationships, in in marriage, and yes, we're actually, ex- I just think we're actually experiencing the humility that has set us free, and we long to to live that for, for others, because we've actually been changed by it. You nailed it. That's exactly, we've been changed by it. Yeah. And we can give it to others. Yeah. Because this is so... This is so impossible to do in our own, like, you just hear that, like, mutually submit to one another, and, like, people frustrate us, people annoy us, it's hard, it's, it's challenging, and I even experienced that, I mean, like, with what, how the Lord sanctified me right now by His grace, thank you, God, that, um, I just, like, my desires line up, like, my desire to love this way is always runs like it always it's it's always just not enough it comes up short because I can't I can't cultivate this to be able to love someone that way because like they're gonna they're gonna let me down again and you know they're gonna prove to be human again and yes. then I'm gonna have to like revisit you know where what what's going on in my heart that makes this challenging you know so I think just being able to sit with that humility, um, that love that he's given me, that, you know, goes back to that, of our identity of really grasping that, like, God, you love me, and so I can love freely, yes, without holding people to, right. a bar or an expectation, right, I mean, it's, you, you, you summarize things so well. Really? Yes, know. you summarize things so well. It's we're not doing it in our own flesh. Yeah, that is that's the Colossians one twenty seven. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. It's that walk by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And and God, and I also want to say I am so far from perfect in this. Oh yeah. I mean, we could bring in my husband of thirty eight years and interview him. <laughs> Like sometimes she's easier to live with than others, and um, and I can tell you too, it's in COVID when I was just experiencing some 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 very deeply anxious emotions. I, I don't know if I would call it full blown anxiety because I have friends who do suffer from clinical anxiety, but it was just some very deeply anxious emotions, and it's it was very easy to turn my phone. I mean, I'm sorry, on myself. It was super easy to put my focus on myself. It is not always, and yet as I would spend time with Jesus, it would be, in fact, I was flipping around, is that Jeremiah 17, 7, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. And you can just picture we are trees planted by the, the living water. We just said that. We're planted in, and, and I and you and women on this podcast that are listening on the podcast, we are being nurtured by Jesus, the stream of living water. Yeah. And as we are spending time with him in his word, receiving from him, living, being, being fed and equipped and living in the power of the Holy Spirit, that's that stream of living water. And then it goes on to say that um, we have no worries in a year of drought, and we never fail to bear fruit. Well, in a season of drought in my flesh, I would have a lot to worry about, and I would absolutely not bear fruit. But there's just as we yield to the life of the Spirit, yeah. He will do it. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite passages in Scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, um, where Paul is saying, you know what, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to butcher it. Yeah. But um, 
He's just talk about God sanctifying us through and through. And actually, is it going to be? Oh, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul's calling us to is just this life of ever increasing. Where you and I and where these women are, where you are today, it's not where God's going to have you tomorrow or next year or a decade from now. We're just continually being conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. And yet it's a work that he does because the next verse says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And that's where we humble ourselves to Christ. In First Peter, a few verses back, he calls us to live this word that has been on my mind honorably uh, and honorable being defined like, like actually the definition as excellent praiseworthy beautiful in the sight of God mm-hmm. um, and you know as we've been talking about relationships are often hard and messy like everybody a believer believer people feel this and but radical love leads us to this life this freedom this living water like we and so I, I want to lead it to to kind of close our conversation out. How is this call to live honorably wrapped into the way of Jesus in mutual submission? And um, how does this way of living and loving in relationships really lead us to live lives that are beautiful, yeah. honorable, being be- beautiful to everyone? Yes. Yes, making the gospel winsome. Yeah. Okay. This, um, you had shared with me before the podcast that, that you were really meditating on that. Yeah. And so I, I, I Googled the biblical definition of honor, and one of the terms that comes up is weight, a weightiness. And as I think about that, it, and what I believe Scripture is saying in so many, to honor someone is to see the weightiness of their lives and how weighty they are, how precious, how beautiful, how adored, how exalted, how just the weight of value that God puts on them. Yeah. And I think that's part of the Philippians too, honor one another above yourselves. Yeah. It's to see others with the weight of value that God's that God sees them. Yeah. Um, our church, Larley, you and I both go to Church of the City, and our pastor John Tyson talks a lot about the culture of honor and creating a culture of honor. And it's such a powerful pursuit that we need to undertake because it is, it's walking into a room and and, and honoring those others, putting weight on the people that you're talking to, putting weight on that person. And I think, again, it comes back to a mindset. They are weighty. I, I'm going to butcher this quote, and I might even butcher who said it, but I'm pretty sure it's C.S. Lewis who talks about, and I'll just put it on you. If I could see Laura Lee in her heavenly form, and how God sees her even now, I would want to bow down and worship you. That is how weighty and beautiful you are in the spiritual realm and in the heavenly realms. And how you will, how I will know you one day when we are in the new Jerusalem and in the new heavens and the new earth. That's pretty overwhelming. Um, and that's true for every person on this planet. And developing this mindset of, of, of honoring each other and being and treating you with the weight, the weight of love, the weight of kindness, the weight of compassion, the weight of, of humility on my, my part, that in Christ you deserve. And that, I mean, what other group of people on the planet do this? I mean, there are non-Christian communities that can, they can love each other and be kind to each other on many levels, 
But that level of honor, that level of weightiness, I don't think it exists. It, well, it can't exist outside the kingdom of God and the people of God. Because what we're, I guess in a lot of ways, what we're ultimately talking about is agape love. Unconditional God, it's not even just God-like love. It is God-given love. It is because God first loved you that you can now love me with the weightiness that God puts on me. And that's not possible apart from the spirit of the living God living in you and me. Yeah. And, and to this so counter-cultural, yeah. counter to the way other people live, that it's, it's like, like you say, like they, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Yes, that's what it says in John 13. And right now I'm seeing this image of, um, you know, like at the fair when they have that thing that spins around and there's um, like the ribbons, the different color ribbons that come around it. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's horses that are like walking, but I just see like this uniting, you know, pillar in the center that we are all holding on to like a piece of this beautiful rainbow that's just encircling the beauty of our God and in that that's what happens when we choose this and I just think like I feel right now that just the the small our understanding of this is so limited like even how you said of what our heavenly understanding of the saints of god like we can't even grasp it like we can't even grasp what humility even really truly like the weight of this the weight of what jesus did we cannot even touch how big that is and this is so beautiful that it's even more beautiful than we even understand, you know? So I think that when there's even a call to humility and not fully being able to understand why God's asking us to do a thing, or even when we're like, okay, he's calling me to submission. I don't even know if I like what he's asking me to do, but I'm going to do it because God's calling me to do a thing. And then I think that's when this like obedience to him and then seeing his faithfulness experiencing freedom in life the more we will do that in our lives like you know you've been following Jesus for many more years than I have but maybe you'll say yes and amen to that yes just like when we choose it we see that it's so good and that he's not holding anything good from us and so it makes us desire we actually supernaturally as we pursue him like you said like we want more of him we want to spend time with Jesus because he becomes the most precious and delightful thing to us um, but he really does give us wisdom and understanding so these things don't stay um, confusing you know like he clarifies yes. and he like sharpens and it becomes really clear why he's calling us to live that way and I just I I want to encourage the people that are listening that, you know, maybe marriage is like something that seems very far away or no matter where you're at in your season of life, like pursuing this is is a blessing to God and others, like as you walk in it uh, and he'll help you. Oh, that's just so good. And he, he blesses us. Yeah. Two passages are coming to mind because one's, First Peter, you're probably going to get there. And the other in James is God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The other one is humble yourselves before God and he will lift you up. I mean, obedience always brings blessing. And when we humble ourselves. Like under the mighty hand of yes, God. Yes, humble yourself. Oh, that's a great point. Under the mighty hand of God. That like doesn't say in due time he will raise you up. I think you're what right. You not give up. Yes. I know what you're talking about. I think you're exactly right. But I love that. Like, yeah. His mighty hand. Like, yeah. he's been being 
thinking about of our, ourselves and his mighty hand yeah. as we're doing this. You, you said it. It's First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due, due time. time. That's it. In due time. Like, it doesn't end here. Like, this is the end, you know? Like, we, the why behind this, the vision that he's cast for us is that this beauty, this excellence is, you know, we're, we're bringing other people, and he's, he's doing it. Bring other people to the fold. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And even super big picture, you go back to Abraham. Yes. God, big picture. You know, well, God wanted, he wanted a people who he could bless so that they could be a blessing to the world and that the people who weren't originally part of that chosen people would come in to want to be part of that group of chosen people. And that's what God is still doing today to have this people of God who live in such mutual mutual submission, humility before one another, which is releasing the supernatural power of God that is so winsome. I mean, first of all, it's just so fulfilling and edifying to the people in it, but it's so winsome to the people around them that they see who Jesus really is. They see the life that the church and the people in the church can have and we like you said we just touched on it yeah so good it's so good <laughs> so good uh, i love i'm so encouraged by uh, and i'm sure all of you listening can hear this that like you meditate on scripture yeah it's changing you you know and i i was going to end by asking like what's your secret sauce to abiding delight in the midst of pain and pushback when as you pursue goodness and I just I see that like you are saturated in his word it changes you that during that season of the crisis of faith one of the gifts God gave me was just a love of his word and I'm so thankful for it Um, the secret sauce I love that I love that phrase Um, there's a verse. It's John 15, that little short passage. John. She's going to answer it with a verse. Well, I, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's just, it just, John 15, 9. We need less of our words, more of his. Well, it, his words are just, there's so much power in them. And, yeah. and, um, and I just encourage the women, let's think, get in the word of God. Yeah. Side note, I've got a friend, Carol, in Atlanta. When we talk to each other, we almost just talk to each other with scripture because there's so we know what each other is saying at a deeper meaning. It's just the funnest thing ever to do. Um, and she knows the word better than I do, and she's just incredible. But John 15, 9, Jesus is saying, and, and guys, I'm going to say this slowly because I just want the weight of these words to fall on us. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus speaking, so I I mean, we know from Scripture how much the Father loved Jesus. And to know that Jesus loves us. Judy Mills is so fallible. I would have given up on me so long ago, but as the Father loved Jesus, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Remain in my love. And then here's another part of it. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my And then the next part of that scripture talks about joy, and then the next part about his joy being in us. The next scripture talks about the command. This is my command. So he's telling us, if you want to remain in my love, then obey my commands. That command that he mentions probably four verses later is love one another. So when it is hard, honestly, my motivation can even turn selfish. I want to remain in that love. I don't want to be apart from that. And I want to be obedient to the God who loved me enough to give his life for me. He's always waiting right there. Just say, come back to me. Yeah. Come back. He is. Come back and remain who he is. Come back. I have more to give. He does. You're right. And Larley, even on a earthly level, what have I had experienced in 
And, and I was even thinking, it's probably been about 27 years of being a real follower of Jesus. I knew Jesus before, and I don't discount those years, but in my um, very, very early 30s, when I really would say I became a follower of Jesus, um, what I have discovered over all these years is God's ways work. He's the creator. He's the one who put everything in our world in motion, and he created specific ways that things will work best. And his ways work. So when I am obedient to what he shows me in his word, life just goes better because his ways work. It's good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Would you close us in prayer? Oh, I would love to. And thank you for having me. Yeah. Father, we first of all, I just I thank you for every woman listening. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her love for you and your love for her. Lord, we speak honor and blessing over her. We pray for her and say everything that you have for her. We, we join you by asking as humans for your will for her life to fully come to pass. And Lord, I pray really specifically as, as women that we're walking through this book of 1 Peter, Lord, I pray that we will you will form in us these honorable communities, these communities of mutual submission, be it in her friendships, in her family, if she's married, in her marriage, Lord, in just all manner of her relationships, that you would be raising up communities, winsome communities of mutual submission one to another. And I pray for her that you will be that stream of living water in her in, in new ways. I, I just pray for a deeper well, even of that water, that her roots with you will go deeper, that the nutrients of the water and the surrounding soil of her relationship with you would just nourish her in new and exciting ways. And that out of that relationship that you are growing between you and her, that you would just begin to outflow more and more. Um, that as you have loved her, she is now loving others. Father, we say this is from you, it's from the Spirit, and that apart from you, just like Jesus said in John 15, we cannot do this, but with you, nothing is impossible. So we bless her, we bless her, I bless Laura Lee, I bless this ministry, and in Jesus' name, Lord, we just thank you for the work that you began that you will bring to completion. Amen. Thanks for listening, friend. I'm honored you take time each week to spend with us here on Living in the Light. Just a reminder that I'm posting about Living in the Light on our Rise Collective Women Instagram. So be sure and follow at Rise Collective Women on Instagram for weekly posts about the podcast. We would love if you would share these episodes with your friends. You can follow along posts from my day-to-day -day life on Instagram at Laura Lee Turner. I've been taking a bit of a break from my own social media presence, but I'm hopping back on this week. Looking forward to connecting with you all. I want to say thank you to Colleen Bruton for editing the podcast and Mike Stapleton and Helen Kemeny for the original music heard on the show. As always, go in light and in love, and I'll talk to you next week.